0: welcome to real talk christian podcast where normally we would drink coffee and have real conversations about faith culture and society but on today's special christmas episode uh i actually was working on a project with uh my wife janeel uh and uh was working on a project for my kids and decided to share it with all of you. Uh, this is an audio drama of the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. And so we wanted to just go ahead and bring that to you guys, and hopefully, you guys will enjoy. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatsoever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it. And Scrooge's name was considered good for any piece of business he chose to put his hand to. Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead? Of course he did. How could it be otherwise? Scrooge and he had been partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole friend, and the only man who mourned him. If Scrooge can be said to have mourned at all, and the mention of Marley's funeral brings back to the point I started from. There is no doubt that Marley was dead. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the story I am going to relate. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood years afterward, above the warehouse door, Scrooge and Marley. Sometimes people new to the business called Scrooge Scrooge and sometimes Marley, but he answered to both names. It was all the same to him. It was bitterly cold and the fog was thick as pea soup on that Christmas Eve of 1843, when Scrooge sat busy in the counting house with his clerk nearby trying to warm himself at a candle. But since he didn't have much of an imagination, he failed. Let's see here. One, two, three. Gratchet! Gratchet! Get in here. Yes, sir? Did Mrs. Nesby settle her accounts?
1: No. Not yet, sir.
0: Well, did you send out the foreclosure?
1: Not yet, sir. I was giving her another day or two, seeing as how it's uh, Christmas and all.
0: Bah, humbug! What am I paying you for to sit on your hands? Get to it!
1: Right away, sir.
0: Ah! Hard to find good help these days. Now, uh, where was I? Oh, yes. uh, Three, four, five, six, seven.
1: Merry Christmas, Uncle. Uh, What? I said, Merry
0: Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Ah, humbug. Christmas a humbug? Uncle, surely you don't mean that. Of course I mean it. Merry Christmas, <laughs> indeed. What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. Come, Uncle. What reason have you to be dismal? You're rich enough. <laughs> bah. Away with Merry Christmas. What's Christmas to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older, but not an hour richer. If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding, buried with a stick of holly through his heart. Well, he should.
1: Uncle!
0: Nephew! Keep Christmas in your own way, and let me keep it in mind. Keep it? But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. A lot of good it has done you. Well, there are many things from which I have benefited. Even if they don't show a profit, I dare say. Christmas among the rest. But if anything belonging to Christmas can be considered apart from the sacred source of its name and its origin, I am sure I have always thought of Christmas as a good time, a kind forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time of year I know of when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely
1: and think of others as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of silver or gold in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good.
0: And I say, God bless it. (laughs) Bravo!
1: Here, hear! hear. Mm-hmm.
0: Another sound out of you. And you'll keep your Christmas by losing your position!
1: Come, Uncle. Don't be angry. Come and dine with us tomorrow.
0: I'll see myself in hell first.
1: But why, Uncle?
0: Why? Why? Let me ask you a question. Why did you get married recently? (laughs) Because I fell in love, of course. Love? You fell in love? Ha! Good afternoon,
1: nephew. But you never came to see me before I
0: got married.
1: Why give it as a reason for not coming now?
0: Good afternoon. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I am sorry to find you so resolute. We've never had a quarrel, you and I. But I came all this way to give you greetings of the season and I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last, so Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon.
1: And a uh, Happy New Year. Good
0: afternoon. And a
1: Merry Christmas to you, Bob Cratchit. Thank you, sir. Uh, m- 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 Merry Christmas to you. Huh.
0: There's another fellow, my clerk. With 15 shilling a week and a wife and a family talking about Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'll retire to Bellum. Uh, who is it now? Scrooge and Molly's, I believe. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Molly? Molly's dead. In fact... He died seven years ago this very night. Oh, I am quite sorry to hear it, but I have no doubt his generosity is well represented by his surviving partner. (laughs) At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for the poor and the needy. ...who suffer greatly in this present time. Many thousands are in want of basic needs. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts, sir. Are there no prisons? Did they disappear? Oh, no, sir. There are uh, plenty of prisons. And the workhouses for the poor? Still in operation? I assume. Yes, uh, very busy, sir. Oh, well, I was afraid from what you had said that something had stopped them in their useful course. I'm glad to hear it. Given that they are uh, scarcely furnished Christian share to the multitude, a few of us are trying to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink. And some means of warmth. We choose this time because it is a time, above all others, when want is keenly felt, and abundance rejoices. Well, what shall I put you down for? Nothing. Ah, you wish to be anonymous, then? I wish to be left alone. I don't make merry myself at Christmas. I can't afford to make idle people marry. I am taxed for the institutions I have mentioned, and they cost enough. Those who are badly off must go there. But many can't go there, and many would rather die. Oh, well, if they'd rather die, perhaps they should go ahead and do it. And decrease the surplus population. Besides, I wouldn't know anything about it. Well, you could know it, sir. It's none of my business. I have too much of my own business to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. And I'll thank you to leave me to it. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hmm. Cranky old man, for ah, humbug and all. Get away from here! I didn't ask to be bothered with all that noise. Heh, and good riddance to you. You want the day tomorrow, I suppose.
1: Oh, 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 yes, sir, if it's quite
0: convenient, sir. Uh, it's not convenient, and it's not fair. If I was to hold back half a crown for it, you'd think you were being abused, no doubt. And yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work? Sir, it's uh, it's only once a year, sir. <laughs> a Poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose you must have it. Be here all the earlier next morning.
1: Oh, yes, sir. I, I shall. I certainly shall. Huh.
0: Good afternoon, Cratchit.
1: Oh, and good afternoon to you, sir, and, uh, and a merry, uh, uh, good, uh, good good, good, after, good afternoon, sir. Huh.
0: Everyone wants to take money on.
1: Well I suppose I should lock up and get home to the family
0: <laughs> Oh Scrooge he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone he was a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching covetous old sinner to be sure secret self-contained and solitary as an oyster. He carried his own low temperature with him everywhere he went. He iced his office in the dog days and did it thought one degree at Christmas. Scrooge always took his melancholy dinner in the same melancholy tavern, and this night was no different. He read all the papers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book before he took himself home to bed. He lived in chambers which had once belonged to his deceased partner. They were a gloomy suite of rooms. It was old and dreary, for nobody lived in it but Scrooge, the other rooms being all let out as offices. The fog and the frost so hung about the black old gateway of the house that it seemed as if this genius of weather sat in mournful meditation on the threshold. Upon arriving in his chambers, Scrooge took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown, slippers and his nightcap and sat down before the fire to take his gruel for he had a cold in his head it was a very low fire indeed nothing on such a bitter night he was obliged to sit close to it and brood over it before he could extract the least sensation of warmth from such a handful of
1: (sighs) what (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah. got distracted and scared myself. That <laughs> was just a stupid clock. Uh.
0: Huh? What was that? Scroll. Hello? Who's there? Scroll. Is that you, Bob? I demand Scrooge. that you come out. Hello?
1: Screw. Ah!
0: How is this? What, 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 what do you want with me? Much. Who who are you? Ask me who I was. O- all right. Who are you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Barley. Heh. <laughs> I don't believe it. What evidence would you have of my reality? Beyond that of your senses? I I, 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 don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You, you might be undigested bit of beef, a, a blot of mustard, a, a, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more of a gravy than a grave about you, whatever you are. Ha 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 ha! Mercy, dreadful apparition! Why do you trouble me, man of worldly mind? Do you believe in me, or not? I I do. I must. But why have you come to me? It is required of every man that his spirit should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit does not go forth in life, It is condemned to do so after death. And witness what it cannot share, but might have shared, and turned to happiness. Oh, woe is me! You are fettered. Tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it lick by lick, yard by yard, and wore it of my own free will. Is the pattern strange to you? Or would you know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself. It was as long and heavy as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on since in its ponderous chain. Jacob, old friend, s- speak, speak comfort to me. I have none to give, I have little time, I cannot rest, I cannot linger anywhere, my spirit never walked beyond the narrow limits of our money changing hole. Oh, not to know that any Christian spirit working kindly in its little sphere will find its mortal life too short for its vast means of usefulness. Not to know that no space of regret can make amends for one's life's opportunities misused. Yet. Such was I. Oh, such was I. But but you always were a good man of b- business, J- Jacob. Business? Humankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and belovedness were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. Oh, why did I walk through crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down, and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to poor abode? Were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? Hear me! My time is nearly done! I will, Jacob. But don't be hard on me. Uh, I'm here to warn you. That you have yet a chance of escaping my fate. A chance I, Jacob Marley, your business partner have procured for you, Ebenezer. Oh, oh, thank you, Jacob. Thank you. Uh, You you were always a good friend. (laughs) A good friend indeed. You will be visited by Three Spirits. Okay, okay, Jacob, is is that the chance you mentioned? It is. Oh, well, then I, I, I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Can't they all come at once and have it over with Jacob? Expect the second on the next night at the same hour. The third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Look to see me no more. And for your sake, take care that you remember what has passed between us. Oh, okay, Jacob, oh, 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 I understand. Oh, why did I not live a better life to help the poor and the needy? Bah, ba, ba, humbug. And so, Scrooge lay in his bed and thought, and thought, and thought it over, and could make nothing of it. The more he thought, the more perplexed he was, and the more he endeavored not to think, the more he thought. Marley's spirit bothered him exceedingly. Every time he resolved within himself that it was all a dream his mind flew back again like a strong spring release to its first position and presented the same problem to be worked all through was it was it a dream then a quarter past a half past a quarter to it <laughs> the the hour itself and nothing else Scrooge pleased with himself gets back into bed soon a figure emerges and takes position at the head of Scrooge's bed Ah! Scrooge's head swiveled left as of its own accord he sees something a striking female figure with a bright flowery hair in a white robe, bedecked tastefully with summer flowers and a silver sash. Her expression is bright, full of life and hope. She holds a branch of green holly, and a bright light accompanies her. Her voice is firm yet light. <laughs> Are you the spirit whose coming I was told about? I am.
1: Who and what are you? I am the spirit of Christmas past.
0: Uh, Long
1: past? No, your past.
0: Perhaps you could turn down that light that accompanies you.
1: What? Would you so soon put out the light I give? Yours are the dark passions that would extinguish the light of truth.
0: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. What what brings you here?
1: Your welfare, of course.
0: I can't think of anything more conducive... To to, do more welfare than a night of uh, uninterrupted sleep.
1: Your reformation, then. Take heed, rise, and walk with me.
0: The spirit of Christmas past takes hold of Scrooge's arm. He rises and he walks with her. And they set off on the journey. They arrive at their first stop, which is oddly familiar to that old Scrooge. Good heaven. I I was bred in this place. I was a boy here.
1: Your lip is trembling. And what is that on your cheek?
0: (laughs) What's what? Oh, nothing. It must be a pimple. Lead me where you would, spirit. Do
1: you remember the way, Ebenezer?
0: Remember it? Why, I could walk it blindfolded.
1: Strange that you've forgotten it for so many years. Why,
0: there's David Madison and Robert Estes.
1: Hello? Hello? These are merely shadows of the things that have been. They are not aware of us.
0: The spirit takes Scrooge by the arm and leads him towards the schoolhouse. All around Scrooge, children are playing in preparation for Christmas break. Upon arriving at the schoolhouse, Scrooge peers through the window He notices a small boy sitting at a desk reading a book. He looks very sad, and Scrooge takes notice of
1: him. The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still.
0: (laughs) Poor boy. My mother died giving birth to my sister. My father grew morose and seemed to begrudge us both ever after. I wish, but it's too late now.
1: What is it? It's nothing.
0: There was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. Should have luck to have given him something. That's, that's all. That's all. Scrooge quickly turned away from the spirit as to not show the tears in his eyes and peered through the window of the schoolhouse. Suddenly, the door flew open and Scrooge was met with a wonderful surprise.
1: Ebenezer! Fan! My, my dearest Fan! What, what are you doing here?
2: Oh, dear brother, I have come to bring you home, home for good and all. Father is so much kinder than he used to be. He was in such a pleasant mood just the other night that I was not afraid to ask him once more if you might come home, and he said yes. Your
1: sister was a frail creature, and often ill, but she had a large heart.
0: (laughs) So she had. You're right about that, spirit. All not contradicted. God forbid.
1: Your sister died a young woman. But she did have a child, as I recall.
0: Yeah, yes. A son. My nephew. His name is Fred Hallowell.
1: Your nephew, Ebenezer. The only family you have left.
0: Yes. That is true.
1: Shortly after this visit with Fan, you went to work for a wonderful man, Mr. Fezziwig, who keeps a warehouse. Come along, Ebenezer. It is time to see another Christmas at the Fezziwigs.
0: And just like that, Scrooge was transported to a festive, bright warehouse with a sign on the front of the door that says,
1: Fezziwigs. Do you know this place?
0: Know it? This is where all apprenticed. Look, it's old Fezziwig. Bless his heart, it's Fezziwig alive again. And there's Dick Wilkins. We were the best of friends. (laughs) No more work tonight, my boys. It's Christmas Eve. Life is too short for all work and no ploy. I say it's time for a party. Dick, Ebenezer, move that table for dancing and we'll have a party.
1: It's such a small matter to make these silly folks feel so full of gratitude. Small thing. Is it not? After all, what did he do, this Fezziwig? Spent a few pounds on a party. Does he deserve such praise as this? It
0: isn't that spirit. Why, Mr. Fezziwig has the power to make us happy or unhappy. He can make our work light or burdensome. Just in the way he looks at us, and the way he addresses us, or thousands such little things add up, you know, until the happiness he gives is as great as if it, as if it costs a fortune. And
1: what is the matter?
0: Nothing particular.
1: Something, I think,
0: no, no, it's, it's just. I would like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk Bob Cratchit right now. That's all.
1: Come, Ebenezer. My time grows short. Look.
0: This was not addressed to Scrooge or to anyone whom he could see, but it produced an immediate effect. For again, Scrooge saw himself. He was a little older now, a man in the prime of his life. His face had not the harsh and rigid lines of later years, but it had began to grow the wear signs of care and greed. There was an eager, greedy, restless motion in the eye, which showed the passion that had taken root, and where the shadow of the growing tree
2: would fall. I know it matters very little to you. Another idol has displaced me. And if it can make you as happy as I would have tried to... I have no reason to cry.
0: What idol has displaced you?
2: A golden one. Ebenezer, our promise to one another is an old one. We made it when we were young and poor, and happy to remain so until we could improve our fortune together by patience and hard work. But you've changed. You're not the same man. Tell me, Ebenezer, if all this had not happened, would you seek me out? Try to win me now, a poor dowerless girl, with nothing to bring to a marriage? Just as I thought. You may feel sad now, Ebenezer, but I have no doubt that you will dismiss the thought of me very soon, as if you were glad to have awakened from a bad dream. May you be happy in the life you have chosen.
1: Spirit,
0: show me no more. Conduct me home. Why do you enjoy torturing me? Or oh, do you not wish to see anymore? Spirit, remove me from this place.
1: I have told you these are but shadows of things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me.
0: Please, I beg you, take me away from here, I can bear it no more." After this mighty struggle, if that can be called a struggle, Scrooge was conscious of being exhausted and overcome by an irresistible drowsiness, and further, of being in his own bedroom once again. He barely had time to reel to bed before he sank into a heavy sleep. A little while later, Scrooge awoke himself from a prodigiously tough snore, and sits up in bed. He looks around, expecting another ghost, but does not see one. Just as he goes to lie down again, he hears a noise. (laughs) Scrooge (laughs) Ebenezer Scrooge (laughs) As Scrooge alights from bed He sees a figure seated on a throne Upon a platform lit with a thousand candles Bedecked with mistletoe And heaped with a feast Fit for a king He is an impressive figure In full beard Wearing a green robe trimmed in white fur And crowned with a holly wreath he holds a golden torch in his hand, which is filled with stardust. Scrooge approaches <laughs> gingerly. Come! On. Come here and know me better, mod. <laughs> I am the spirit of Christmas present. You have never seen the likes of me before, eh? <laughs> no, no, Never. You've never walked forth with any of my elder brothers, born in these later years? (laughs) No, I I don't think I have. Uh, Have you many brothers, Spirit? (laughs) More than 1,800. (laughs) Mm. Tremendous family to provide for. (laughs) Take hold of my robe, Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) Well, Prett?o, are we going? (laughs) You
1: will see.
0: (laughs) Scrooge reaches out nervously and touches the robe. And with that, they're off. They have a heavenly view over the city below. There is a great happy bustling of chattering, greeting, and a bit of good natured market haggling. Scrooge and the Spirit of Christmas present appear. As they make their way among the crowd, the Spirit of Christmas present sprinkles stardust on those who pass by. Spirit, is there a particular flavor in what you sprinkle from your torch? <laughs> there is indeed my own. <laughs> Would it apply to any kind of dinner on this day? (laughs) (laughs) To any coinly given to a poor one most. But why to a poor one most? Because it needs it most. As Scrooge and the spirit continued their way through town, they came to a house in which Scrooge was unfamiliar with. (laughs) Come here, man, and see what's inside. As Scrooge peered through the clouded window, he beheld a woman and her few young children playing near the entrance and the older ones sitting on the bench near the
1: fire.
2: What has ever got your precious father, then, and your brother, Tiny Tim? Hmm, I think father will be home very soon.
0: No sooner had little Belinda finished her sentence when bob entered the house bearing tiny tim and his crutches on his shoulder he was greeted enthusiastically by his family and kissed by his wife
1: merry christmas everyone
2: hello loves come warm yourselves by the fire come on tim come hear the pudding singing in the copper and outed did little tim behave himself in church
1: as good as gold and better Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and thinks the strangest things you've ever heard. He told me coming home that he hoped that
0: people saw him in church because he was a cripple and it might be pleasant for them to remember on Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk in blind man's sea. But he's growing stronger every day. I just know it.
2: Martha, help me with the goose. There's such a goose, father, such as we've never had before.
0: Mrs. Cratchit re-enters in high procession with a small goose on a platter, followed in parade by two small children. As she places it on the table, all are seated.
1: Wow, such a goose. Ah,
2: <sighs> Just smell the sage and onion. Mother outdid herself this year. We got it for a good price, Father. It wasn't expensive at all.
1: A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us!
2: God, God bless, bless, us. bless us! God bless us, everyone.
0: Spirit, tell me, if Tawny Tim will live? Mmm. I see a vacant seat at this table, and a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, The child will die. no no, kind spirit. Say he will be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, none other of my race will find him here. What then? Your words were, if he be like to die, he had better do it and decrease the surplus population. Yes. In the future, perhaps, you will hold your tongue until you have discovered what the surplus population is, and where it is. Will you decide what men shall live, and what men shall die? It may be that in the sight of heaven, you are more worthless and less fit to live than millions like this poor man's child. Quiet after the tongue lashing in which he had just received, Scrooge looks back into the house. Mr. Scrooge, I give you
1: Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast.
2: (laughs) Founder of our feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I'd hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, the children... Christmas Day. (sighs) I'll drink his health. For your sake. And the day's. Not for his. (sighs) Long life to him. A very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt.
1: To Mr. Scrooge.
2: To Mr. Scrooge.
1: I think it's time for
0: a song, Tiny Tim. What shall we sing?
2: Hug the sing Glory to the newborn king
0: There was nothing marvelous about the way that Tiny Tim sang, nor was the family handsome or well-dressed. Their shoes were far from being waterproof, and their clothes were quite worn. Yet, they were a happy family, pleased with one another, and grateful to have the time together. As they faded, they looked even happier yet in the sprinklings of the spirit's torch at parting. Scrooge had his eye upon them, and especially on Tiny Tim, until the last. They were gone. Scrooge had hardly noticed until that moment how dark it was getting, and how heavy the snow began to fall. Spirit, where are we going now? You shall see, Ebenezer. you shall see. Scrooge and the spirit went over many people from their heavenly view, so many joyful families and friends making merry on this Christmas day. Scrooge was still lost in his thoughts about the poor lad, Tiny Tim, wondering how old Bob must be feeling. Suddenly, Scrooge was startled (laughs) by a hearty laugh, It was to his great surprise that this bountiful laugh was coming from his own nephew. Scrooge found himself in a bright, dry, gleaming room with the spirit standing smiling by his side and looking at the same nephew with an approving affability. Well, bless soul! I've never seen a game like this one before. It was a game called Yes and No where Scrooge's nephew had to think of something, and the rest must find out what it is. He would only answer to their questions, yes or no, as was the case.
1: Is it an animal?
0: (laughs) Ha ha, a rather disagreeable animal. Does it live here in London? Yes, it does. Is it a horse? (laughs) No. Perhaps a cow? No. A dog? No. Oh, Donkey? Uh, yes and no. I know. It's your Uncle Scrooge. Yes! (laughs) Jolly good. (laughs) Jolly good indeed. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, whatever he is. He wouldn't take it from me, but may he have it nonetheless to Uncle Scrooge. Scrooge had imperceptibly become so gay and light of heart That he would have pledged the unconscious company in return and thanked them in an inaudible speech if the ghost had given him time but the whole scene passed off in the breath of the last words spoken by his nephew and he and the spirit were again upon their travels it was a long night if it were only a night but scrooge had his doubts of this because the christmas holidays appeared to be condensed into a space of time they passed together It was so strange, too, that while Scrooge remained unaltered in his outward form, the ghost grew older. Clearly older. Pardon me asking, but are are spirits' lives so short? My life upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight. Tonight? Tonight at midnight. (sighs) The time is drawing near. Forgive me, spirit, if I'm not just affording asking. But I see something strange, and not belonging to yourself, protruding there, from your skirts. Is it a, a foot, or a, a claw? It might be a claw, for all the flesh that is on it, look here! The spirit quickly draws aside the folds of his robes to disclose want and ignorance. Two thin, dirty, wretched, scowling waves crouched and clutching at his feet. Ugh. spirit, are they yours? No, they are yours. Do you not know them? This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware them both and all of their kind. But most of all, beware this boy, for on his brow I see written the word doom, unless the writing be erased. I dare ye to deny it. I dare ye to slander those who claim otherwise and see where it leads. Have they no refuge or resources? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? And with that, the spirit of Christmas present fades slowly away until it is altogether unseen. And in its place approaches another spirit, the spirit of Christmas yet to come. It is a tall figure, entirely cloaked and hooded in black. The only thing that can be seen of this dark tall figure is a bony hand as it points. Am am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? (sighs) You are about to show me shadows of things that have not yet happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so spirit? O oh, ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I've seen. Will, will, will you not speak to me? <sighs> oh, okay, spirit. Lead on. L- the night is waning fast, and it is pr- precious time to me. I, I know. L- lead on, spirit. the spirit turns and points in the opposite direction revealing a greasy bedraggled old man standing by a pile of shirts curtains and sheets <laughs> i can't believe it only took 4 pounds and 6 shillings and 2 pence for his bed curtains and clothes <laughs> She took it down, rings and all, with him lying there. <laughs> and why not? He isn't likely to take call without them, I dare say. <laughs> and his best silk shirt. <laughs> oh, that old Mrs. Dilber. <laughs> They'd have wasted it if it hadn't been for her, <laughs> putting it on him to be buried in it.
1: <laughs> this is the end of it. <laughs> he scared everyone away from him when he was alive to profit us when he was dead.
0: (laughs) He had no one to care for him, to bury him properly. (laughs) Spirit, I see, I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. Spirit this is a fearful place, and in leaving it I shall not leave its lessons. Trust me, let us go. And with that, snow swirled up all around them, and they were suddenly in a graveyard. Spirit, something informs me that our parting moment is at hand. I I know it, but I don't know how. You want me to go over to that gravestone? All right, but before I draw near to that stone in which you point, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be? Or are they the shadows of things that may be only? As the spirit continues to point, Scrooge creeps forward towards the stone, trembling. Seeing the name inscribed there, he falls to his knees. Am I the man whom no one mourned? No spirit.
1: Oh no. no! no.
0: As Scrooge sits there sobbing uncontrollably, the spirit points to Scrooge, then back to the stone. Spirit, hear me. I am not the man I was. I will never be that man I must have been before your intervention. Why show me this if I am past all hope? <laughs> I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to
1: keep it all the year. All will remember the lessons of the past. All will live in the past. The present and the
0: future, or will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me that I may sponge away the writing on that
1: stone! (laughs) I I will, I will, I will. I will,
0: I will live in the past, present, and future. (laughs) Jacob Marley, I say it on my knees. What? 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 Scrooge felt around and found himself in a familiar place. Where where am I? Wait, wait. what day is this? Why, it's it's morning. But, But what day? How long have all been with the spirits? I don't know. Oh, oh pinch myself, I am alive. <laughs> the courthouse is here. <laughs> the bank and the Jessops and all here. I'm here. Woo-hoo! Oh, I am here Woohoo! i do not believe I know what to do. I feel light as a feather. Oh, m- Merry Christmas to everyone. I, I don't want know what day of the month it is. I don't know how long I've been among the spirits. <laughs> Scrooge runs to his window, looking out as fast as he can. And suddenly a boy appears down below. He, he's the same boy who attempted to sing to Scrooge at the counting house. <laughs> My dear boy, <laughs> what's today? <laughs>
1: what are you going on about? What day is it? <laughs> he, he said
0: that. What's today, more fine fellow?
1: Today? Why? It's Christmas day.
0: It's Christmas day. Oh, I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. <laughs> hello, more fine fellow.
1: Uh, uh, hello.
0: <laughs> Do you know the butcher shop in the next street over on the corner?
1: I said, hope I did.
0: <laughs> Such an intelligent boy. a Remarkable boy. <laughs> Do you know whether they've sold the prize, Tookie, that was hanging up there?
1: What? The one as big as me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the one as big as him. Yes, my fine fellow. The one as big as you.
1: Why, I believe it's still hanging there now.
0: It is? Oh, why, good, good, good. You must go there and buy it. Yes, go and buy it now.
1: Uh, oh, 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 oh. 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 Con- constable?
0: Constable? Oh, no, no, no. I really do mean it. Go and buy it and tell him to bring it here, so that I may give them directions of where to take it. <laughs> Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. And with that the boy turned and ran off like a shot scrooge was rubbing (laughs) his hands together and laughing while taking off his robe and putting on his coat (laughs) oh send it to bob cratchits he shan't know who sent it it's twice the size of tony tim oh tony tim Tony Tim will live! Oh my soul! Tony Tim will live! A Merry Christmas to everybody! Ha, ha 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 A Happy New Year to the world! Ha 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 ha! Scrooge, with a new outlook on life, hurries himself to get dressed. He makes his way down the stairs and out the door onto the street. A little ways away, he spots Mr. Jeeves and Mr. Howell. Oh! There's those chaps who were collecting charity for the poor. Oh, my dear Jeeves, how do you do? I hope you succeeded yesterday. It was very kind of you. A oh, oh, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Mr. Scrooge? <laughs> yes, that's my name. I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon. And yours too, sir. And how will you have the goodness. Lord, bless me. My dear
1: Mr. Scrooge, are you serious?
0: If you please. Not a fouling less. A great many back payments are included in that, I assure you. Will you do me the favour? My dear sir, I don't know what to say to such money. Don't say anything. Please, come and see me sometime. Will you come and see me? We will. We most certainly will. F- thank you. I am much obliged to you. I thank you 50 times. B- bless you. B- Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Scrooge. And with that, Scrooge was off to his next destination, spreading Christmas joy and cheer wherever he went. He stopped by the poorhouses. The workhouses the orphanages he even had dinner with his dear nephew and his niece yes scrooge indeed was a changed man yes christmas indeed was a day to be celebrated by scrooge most of all and he did celebrate christmas with laughter and cheer and songs and toasts and games and all the fun things in which anyone could want to have on a christmas day Now, the day after Christmas, Scrooge was standing at his desk with a mischievous smile on his face, waiting for Bob Cratchit to come into work. (laughs) Here goes Bob, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Hello, what do you mean by coming in here at this time of day?
1: Um, I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time.
0: You are. Yes, I think you are. Step this way, if you please. Please, sir. It's only once a year. It shall not be repeated.
1: I was making rather merry yesterday.
0: Now, I'll tell you what, my friend. (laughs) I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, and therefore, and therefore, (laughs) I'm going to raise your salary, Bob.
1: (laughs) Oh, my
0: goodness. (laughs) A merrier Christmas than I have given you in many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist you and your struggling family. Now, you needn't say anything. Come with me. We will discuss the particulars over a bowl of smoking bishop before you so as much dot another eye bob Cratchit. and with that a new chapter begins with ebenezer scrooge and bob cratchit scrooge was better than his word he did it all and infinitely more and to tiny tim who did not die he was a second father and he became as good a friend as good a master and as good a man as the good old city knew. And ever after it was always said of Ebenezer Scrooge that he knew how to keep Christmas and keep it well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge, may that be truly said of us and all of us. And so as Tiny Tim observed, God God bless bless us, everyone. everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed the production of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Uh, All voices were done by myself, Chris Fuller, and my wife, Janelle Fuller. And all the music and sound effects you heard are royalty-free music and sound effects that I found on YouTube. Uh, This this was a great little fun project for me to give to my kids as a Christmas gift. So we uh, hope here at Real Talk Christian Podcast that you guys enjoyed it as well. Till next time, Merry Christmas and take it easy.